lovely listeners. I hope you are doing really, really well and you're keeping cool. It is sweltering. It's glorious sunny weather, but my goodness, I was not prepared for this temperature. I'm so thankful that I have a fan and now a freezer in my house because yes, I am working my way through ice and ice pops like there is no tomorrow. Um, You are back with another episode of Maybe Mummy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I really hope you enjoyed last week's episode uh, with my very first guest, Tony, the hopeful father. His journey has been a really, really challenging one, but I have everything crossed for him and his beautiful wife that very, very soon they'll be able to hop on a plane and go and pick up their beautiful little embryo so fingers crossed that all goes swimmingly but I do hope you really enjoyed it and if you have any questions for either of us please let me know I'll give you all of the details at the end of today's podcast but this week we're going back to my story and I am changing it up a little bit should we say Um, I am talking about all of my fertility investigations that I have had over the past year and currently I'm still going through. Um, So it is quite interesting. There may be quite a lot of information that if you've never tried to have a baby or if you are sort of just right at the edge of the massive pool of fertility treatment, fertility this, fertility that, and it's all a bit mind boggling and confusing, then um, I'm hoping that this can give you just a little bit of an insight and can talk about things in, you know, plain English so that you can actually understand it. Um, I'm still getting my head around it a lot of the time, but the beauty of myself is that I love research and this is a topic that I am obsessed with. I think um, when you start trying for a family, Um, It can be a little bit overwhelming because there is so much to know um, and so much to do and so much to try. Um, But for me, I love delving into the world of fertility and trying to have children and trying lots of different techniques and I'm going to bring it to you today. So what I'm actually talking about in this week's episode is my journey and what I have had done in terms of fertility investigations. So I do hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm trying again as best as I can to be as concise as I possibly can. It's probably going to be a long one again, but you know, I ramble. I'm sure you're all used to it by now, but either way, I am going to crack on and let you guys get on. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll speak with you shortly. So I hope you are all doing really, really well. It is sweltering. I don't know about you guys, but I am finding it rather difficult to stay cool at the moment, but I can't complain because we don't always get weather like this and it really is glorious. Um, This week I will be returning to my story, as I said, and I will try and get you as up to date as I possibly can. It's a little bit bumpy along the way but at the same time um, it's all quite positive in where I currently am with my cycles and with um, treatment etc so I'm going to take you through all of that and hopefully it gives you a little bit of an insight to um, 
treatment or it's not even treatment per se it's more investigations so um where i left off last time was um we had a baby who had anencephaly um and it was very very difficult very sad and I am still going through the motions and the process of of grieving for our child but um, we moved on from that and of course naturally it's for me it was very difficult because I felt like there was this gaping hole in my life um, where I'd managed to get to my second trimester and then all of a sudden that was it it was done and dusted it was over I was no longer pregnant um I was obviously starting a new cycle um and it was really hard for me to come to terms with with no longer being pregnant not sort of having that to look forward to not having a family to look forward to and and a life that I was growing um to bring home one day and and to to carry on with our life and be a family it was really really hard but we did have some good things to look forward to in the sense that we were getting married literally a couple of months later um so as you do we got married and honestly it was the best day of my life i look back on it i look back on the photos it's only been a short while <clears throat> excuse me i apologize it's only been a short while since we've been married um and it really has gone by so so quickly but we got married and we went straight on our honeymoon from the the wedding so um not in sort of say an american style but we went the uh, a couple of days after which was lovely and it just so happened that um my cycles after um the birth of our baby had sort of returned to normal i think i had two cycles in between um when i'd had her and then to our wedding date and i just happened to be ovulating literally on our uh, around our our wedding day so ovulating on honeymoon um and as you probably guessed it i did fall pregnant um it was a very odd two week wait um because for me anybody who knows me um last year or 2019 was a humongously whirlwind styled year because i was pregnant i was getting married i was moving and everything everything that you could think of pretty much changed for me so it was a very difficult year a challenging exciting exhilarating one all at the same time um so the two week wait was really odd because i was still sort of i came down from um you know the the highs of being married and honeymoon and going on holiday and as soon as we came back that's when we got our lovely dog um so that literally all happened within i think a day or so of coming back and i was looking for a new job and had interviews sort of all lined up or pretty quickly um so lots of things were going on but in the back of my mind i still had the whole two week going to happen isn't not going to happen you know that was perfect timing we were super relaxed and it did so it was pretty amazing really um i'd literally started uh my new job at the time 
um, I think a week after I found out that I was pregnant um, and I was sort of in the throes of because I'd moved house, I'd moved location, I had to get a new GP. It was all a little bit sort of all over the place and I was just taking it as it comes really. Um, and we found out, my husband went away for work for a week and I was just sort of getting into the throes of, you know, my life really, married life, being a dog mum, a new job. But sadly, out of nowhere, um, I had a miscarriage, a complete and utter spontaneous miscarriage. And um, I think what made it so difficult for me was the fact that I was in my second week at this new job. And uh, it wasn't that I didn't want to tell people about my story, but I hadn't even got there yet. I hadn't got, I didn't know anybody well enough to be able to sort of try and explain a what was happening right in that moment of I'm having a miscarriage literally at my desk and I can't say anything because I'd only just started and nobody knew my history. So it was, for me, it was quite traumatic, if I'm really honest. Um, I wasn't really sure what to do. I didn't actually pass the tissue um, until the the weekend, which I was really thankful for. But I'd started very, very light spotting um, as though I kind of coming onto a period a couple of days um, before. And then it sort of got a little bit heavier, you know, with a streak here and there um, over the sort of the next couple of days. And then, uh, yeah, it was just kind of full blown horrible horrendous cramps at this new job it was also quite warm similar it wasn't the same temperature as it is at the moment but um it was just a bit of a nightmare and I couldn't really say anything to anybody um and thankfully my um my mum knew as did my sister my dad didn't know at the time um, just because, again, we were trying to be super careful and trying to wait and we wanted to make sure that everything was OK um, before we really sort of told anybody. But my mum can literally look at me and figure things out, if I'm honest. So um, I think we'd seen them um, literally the a few days after we found out. And um, my mum asked me if I wanted another glass of wine. Now, I'd had a small one, very, very small because I was trying really hard not to to make it obvious um but that was it I sort of said no I'm okay now thank you which is quite unusual for my family and you know the situation so she twigged pretty much straight away so thankfully my mum was actually down um for the day um as we were going back home the next day um and she was taking care of the, the we call my dog the baby but she was taking care of the baby for us um <clears throat> And thankfully, she was sort of really good at being able to talk me through it, really. Um, and that was sort of that, really. I mean, I just cracked on, as you do. Um, but my doctor's surgery and my GP surgery um, asked me to come in for a sort of a, a new person MOT. So it was, you know, as you... Join. I don't know if, if this happens with all surgeries, but my surgery had asked me to come in to, to sort of register and, you know, just have a chit chat. And the poor nurse that I ended up seeing, and this was literally, I think, about a week or so later after the miscarriage, um, 
got sort of the full force of I just couldn't keep it together any any longer I couldn't keep it a secret um and she was really helpful actually because she got me straight away and sort of said look let's get you seeing a doctor um and see what we can do so I think it was a couple of days later I had uh, an early appointment and they um were really really gentle with me um they completely understood everything listened to what had happened before with our whole story and that was um the the one that i just miscarried was pregnancy number four um so naturally i had sort of said look what can i do because i can't keep going through this kind of trauma and this kind of upset you know i completely and utterly understand that the abortion that we'd had right at the very beginning, that was our choice. It wasn't like I miscarried. But since then, we've not been able to have a normal pregnancy or a healthy pregnancy. And um, I was just distraught, really, because, you know, every single time I'd fallen pregnant, I'd done, I had tried my utmost to be as calm and collected and you know, relaxed about everything. And then it just seemed to end in disaster. So they thankfully um, said, okay, well, you know, you've, you've had three pregnancies that have, um, you've either miscarried or you've had to have a, 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 a termination on medical grounds. Let's just get you in, just make sure that there's nothing else going on. We'll get some blood from you. We will, um, we will, do a scan just to make sure that there's nothing else going on and then regroup and go from there. So um, this is where it doesn't get bumpy, but this is all through the NHS, but it gets a little bit frustrating um, purely because I felt like I waited a really ridiculously long time. So all of this sort of happened, um, the miscarriage happened at the end of June. I then saw my um, GP or AGP um, sort of mid early July and I didn't actually get seen until sort of the end of August. Um, I think that's all correct. But either way, the wait time was really, really long. Um, and I didn't realise that I actually, when I had my first appointment, I thought I was having the scan that day because it, it sort of said, you know, transvaginal scan. So I sort of thought, all right, OK, um, you know, mentally prepared myself that I was going to be there for a little while. Um, and, you know, doing the whole like don't have full bladder, et cetera, et cetera. But it was actually only a consultation and having my bloods taken. Um, and. It was, uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, the consultation just literally went step by step as you would anticipate um, going through, you know, what's my weight? What do I do? What does my husband do? What's his history? What's our history? What's my history? Um, do I smoke? Do I drink? How much do I drink? Do I work out? Do I not work out? So loads and loads of questions, um, trying to obviously build quite a big picture of um, what was going on. And then off I went and had my bloods taken. I think they took about 11 vials of blood. 
And I'm assuming it's purely because they wanted a vial for each different test that they were doing. But in these tests, they were doing the, um, I think they were doing the genetic testing on me to see if I was a carrier of any form of like genetic, um, I don't even know what you call it, any genetic problems. But they also did um, chromosomal tests as well. Um, they did um, things for like protein C, um the blood i can't say the word properly so you'll have to forgive me when i try and pronounce it but coagulation i think it is or agulation or something like that so basically the the blood clotting to see if i had any issues with my blood um which obviously can cause problems if when it comes to implantation um and that was that really so it then was i think another month or so um before i even got an opportunity to to have a scan um and during this whole time there was no pregnancies not even a blip um i was still going on with trying to be as healthy as i possibly could um i wasn't working out so much um just purely because i think because i'd started a new job and um it was all uh, it was kind of shift work and things it was quite difficult to sort of get into a bit of a routine with that um but i finally had my scan and um i think i literally just ovulated i think about two days before and the scan went really well as usual it was it was perfectly fine um and it was everything was great you know my my um endometrium lining again i probably said that wrong um but the my lining was all good my uterine lining was all good uh, my ovaries were all nice and clear they could pinpoint where i'd ovulated and which one it had been from and everything was yeah everything was exactly how it should be in order to conceive um and funnily enough actually that same day um, I was driving back to work and this is completely bypassing the whole story but when I was pregnant and then had to deal with um, you know losing my child giving birth to my child and going through all of that the same day that we picked up the ashes my best friend who was also a bridesmaid at my wedding um, she said that she needed to tell me something but she didn't she hadn't really known how to tell me and I knew straight away exactly what she was trying to say and that that was that she was pregnant um so that was uh, that's a, a completely different story um I should perhaps leave for another time because that was a whole different whirlwind of emotions and things of course naturally I was elated for her because it was very unexpected um, but at the same time there was the huge pang of jealousy because um, during the time in which I'd gone and stayed with her after finding out about my baby um, we had smoked and drinked um, or drunk uh, you know we had alcohol and all the time she'd been pregnant she was about five weeks behind me um so it made me sort of really sad because we'd been pregnant at the same time which has always been such a dream of mine um but her baby was perfectly healthy and happy and now she is out in the world and is an absolute gorgeous little squidgy 
10 month old um, who I absolutely adore. But the same day that I'd had my scan, um, she was born. And that sort of sent me into a complete whirlwind again of something I, I didn't quite anticipate it. I think I was just massively overwhelmed with she's here, she's safe, she's fine. So is my best friend. It was a little bit of a fast and furious um, labor, but it also, I was supposed to have been due literally a month to the exact date um, before. And I think it was that whole realization that it was really sad for me because I missed my baby and I I wanted exactly what my best friend had. But either way, um, I went off to work crying the whole way. Um, they were very understanding and I finally was able to sort of tell them about my story. Um, so that's where that all ends in terms of my investigations. So fast forward to what's just happened. Um, we decided, and I'd sort of been doing quite a lot of research with, um, after I'd had the, the fourth miscarriage or the, the, oh gosh, I don't even know, second miscarriage, but fourth pregnancy. And, um, I was sort of starting to do investigation work of my own because all of my results came back perfectly fine. My bloods were fine and all in the right levels. Um, I was healthy. You know, the only thing that everyone sort of kept saying to me was, oh, you know, maybe let's get your, your BMI down. Let's lose some weight and things, which is really, really difficult when, you know, you're, you're eating healthy, you're walking a dog for a good hour a day. Um, but you're also at a desk job. So it that was quite uh, annoying purely because there wasn't really much else that I could do. I mean, yes, okay, I could, I could go to the gym, but then I was just going to be throwing myself into a whole different world that I was not really ready for. I was still sort of trying to get used to being married. Um, but after what has just happened, so with the blighted ovum pregnancy, um, I decided with my husband that, um, you know, enough was enough. And I'd spoken to my GP um, during this time and sort of said, look, this, th I can't keep up going through all of this. I know that there's not necessarily any reason for this to have happened, but um, it does feel very much as though somebody's thrown the bad book at us. And it's, you know, it's, it's not our fault that this keeps happening, but I'd like to have some answers because, you know, we were told that um, after all of my results came back perfectly fine, they wouldn't test my husband because we had been pregnant before and, you know, that's a given and all of that. Um, so fair enough, but um, I just couldn't keep going through it. I couldn't keep going through the not knowing. Was there something that I was doing that I wasn't doing? Um or that I was supposed to be doing that I wasn't doing. Um, I just, I wanted some some more information really. Um, so they then sent me off to do exactly the same um, sort of tests basically. And I have had recently a consultation with another NHS consultant for fertility and miscarriage and reoccurrent miscarriage. Um, so I'm in the process of having further investigation works. Um, as I speak, I've literally just had my transvaginal scan, wonderful, on a Saturday, which is very interesting. I've never had any form of appointments on a weekend, but either way, at the same time, 
a few weeks ago, um, my husband and I decided to do some private investigations ourselves, just purely because I wanted to compare the results that I would get from a private clinic to perhaps what the NHS may say. Um, I have every form of result that I've ever had in uh, during this whole process, during every form of test, blood test, scan result, letter, everything. So I've got it all in a lovely pack. I'm super organised and I'm continually, continuously adding to that pack so that at a later stage, if necessary, I can go, right, here you go to a midwife or to another GP or to another consultant. This is all of the information. This is what you need to know. This is my history. Anyway, so um, the private um, private clinic was great. It's not a local one to us. We are in a really good area for lots of fertility clinics, but we're also sort of just outside of London. So going to London was quite difficult um, and it wasn't really... Um, it wasn't really sort of my scene uh, to sort of have to travel quite a distance to to go to a, a clinic. But I did a lot of research on the different clinics that are in our area um, just for overall, like what they do, how they came across. And so I chose one um, which I will put the details into the description and that was that really. So it wasn't just me this time as well. That was also being quite um, an important factor. The NHS, because obviously we have been uh, pregnant before, they are quite reluctant to test my husband. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with my husband. And for a fact, we know that there is nothing wrong with my husband. But um, I, at the time, wanted to ensure that he also got tested um, to make sure that we weren't missing anything. So he was tested um, and had to do, um, it was like a, a you know, a, a race against time because being in lockdown and all of the fertility clinics only recently sort of opening back up, um, he had to do the deed at home and then literally hand it in. Um, so no offence to any men who may be listening, but you get it quite easy, I think. Whereas I had to have um, my blood again and um, I also had to have another scan. So it was really interesting because I had my bloods taken and my scan done all on the same day. And um, what I have found in very, very recent times with my recent pregnancy and then with sort of having further scans and tests and things, the NHS are hesitant to allow you to see anything. So I'm really interested and intrigued by A, my own body and B, what everything looks like. I just find it really, really fascinating. Um, and with the NHS, you're not really easily able to be shown sort of a scan of going, right, well, this is your uterus and this is an ovary and this is a follicle. And um, whereas when I had the scan with um, the private clinic, it was amazing. She was really in depth. The um, oh, I've forgotten the word has just escaped me, um, but the technician 
I will describe her as that. I'm really sorry, I've completely forgotten the actual medical term uh, and her actual job. But um, sonographer, there we go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the sonographer was great. She showed me my uterus in 3D, which I've never seen, and it's amazing. Um, it literally does look like how everyone draws it. Um, so she she had a look at my uterus, um, at the lining. Um, she had a look at um, the both my ovaries to check. Now, I'd also been told that on my right ovary during the blighted ovum, I had a two, I think it was a two centimetre or 2.5 centimetre simple cyst. And on my left ovary, um, on my right ovary, she couldn't see anything. So that was really useful to know because obviously that's then gone and sort of been reabsorbed into my system, most likely whilst I've had uh, a period. However, on my left side, I'd sort of said to her, and because this was also very, very shortly after I'd had the DNC, I was waiting for my system to sort of come back to normal. So I was waiting for um, ovulation pains. And I'd had um, for about a week, um, quite strong, uncomfortable ovulation pains on my left side. So I sort of simply asked her, you know, could you tell me, am I ovulating or am I about to? I'm a bit concerned because it's been a week and usually it would only be about three days that I'd get this pain for, especially on my left side. Um, but yeah, could, could you tell me what's going on? And I actually have um, or had at the time, whether it's changed or not, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I had a five centimetre cyst on my um, <clears throat> left ovary, which was causing the, the pain because that's pretty big in comparison to your actual ovary. Um, so that was a bit of concern. Um, but at the same time, having done a lot of research about the type of cyst it was, it actually um, happens when your egg has been released from the follicle. Lots and lots of information going on there. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, please do contact me because I love talking about all of this stuff. I love to educate people um, about their bodies, basically, and how it happens and where these things come from and should you be concerned. I'm not a medical professional. I can 100% say that. I'm not a medical professional. I just have a weird obsession with fertility and making babies. So I know quite a lot about it um, and like to sort of tell people, oh, yeah, this could be because of this or, you know, definitely, obviously, always go and get things checked out with your GP if you have any real concerns, if you're having bleeding um, in between a pregnancy or if you do have quite uncomfortable pain, definitely always go and get checked out. But I had a, um, a specific cyst that happens after you have um, ovulated. So as the egg is released from the follicle that's in the ovary, um, obviously that goes off and does its thing down your fallopian tube and then into your uterus, etc. Um, but sometimes if they are, um, if eggs are released with, uh, if they're quite large, the follicle can kind of, it's, it's almost like a little dip 
and that then gets filled up with fluid and that's where a cyst comes from. Now the type of cyst that I had, it may have actually been way back from the um, the blighted ovum pregnancy because it actually creates and produces rather its own progesterone, which is obviously a real key hormone that's required to um, to keep a pregnancy going or at least assist with um, holding a pregnancy. So um, usually they do go away on their own, um, but the uh, sonographer was a little bit concerned just because sometimes when they get to that kind of a size, if they continue to grow, they do need some kind of intervention. But again, having done some research, usually they start to break down um, during the end of your cycle. So if you haven't obviously become pregnant, um, during a cycle then they start to sort of break down and dissolve and then get sort of flushed back into your system and that's that really um, so for now I um, am on another cycle and I haven't had any further sort of ovulation pain or pain on my left side um, it has sort of seemingly subsided a lot um, since then but from the um, from the uh, results, we've had all of the results back, everything is fine. I'm fine and my husband's swimmers are all good. There's no morphology. Um, obviously there's a, there's a level of um, you know low motility, but all in all, he's got pretty good swimmers. They know what they're doing. There isn't seemingly any issues with um, uh, yeah, morphology or um, problems where they're not, you know, going in the right direction. Um, it's it's about over 50%, I think it's about 55% um, of his swimmers are doing what they're supposed to do. Then there's obviously, you know, another, uh, gosh, my math is terrible. The other sort of 50% of them are just, you know, a little bit sluggish, not quite sort of the best ones in, in the lot. So overall, it's really fantastic. Um, but I guess what I was most shocked about was that um, we were suggested and recommended to have IVF. Now, I guess I was probably quite naive um, when it came to sort of having private investigation um, with both our fertility. Um, but I actually only ever thought that you needed to have IVF as almost like a last resort, um, just purely because everyone, you know, keeps ramming down our throats that, well, you've been pregnant before, so, you know, it's probably going to happen again. It's all great. Obviously, from my perspective, I'm just like, yeah, but why does this all keep happening? That was what I was trying to, to find out. Um, but we were recommended fertility, uh, yeah, fertility treatment, IVF, straight off the bat. Um, and they had recommended to us to have um, a, a type of IVF that would be a frozen cycle um, rather than a fresh cycle. And that the um, we wouldn't need to have ICSI or anything along those lines. I will explain what ICSI is at a later stage in another um, podcast. But I was really shocked, if I'm really honest with you. I was not anticipating that whatsoever. 
Um, and honestly, I don't feel ready to have IVF because I don't feel as though we've been trying solidly for long enough or that um, we really need it. And that might be really naive of me, but we don't really sort of have the money for it. I think it takes your relationship to a completely different level um, because it's it's quite intense from the research and things that I've done. There is a lot in it in terms of um, the, you know, all the hormones that you need to take, all of the injections, um, and then, you know, the sort of support and things that you need from your partner. I'm not necessarily against it, but I'm just not ready for it right now. Um, they were suggesting that we would have um, a type of testing on healthy embryos that we get or may may have, um, you know, retrieved. Um, and then from that testing, obviously, they would then be able to see if there's any sort of issues um uh, from a a uh, chromosomal and genetic side of things um, but strangely as much as I would love to be able to sort of have that side of things I'm just I'm just not ready for it I am I hold my hands up to anybody who is going through IVF or any form of fertility treatment because you guys really are warriors um, it is a really strenuous um situation that you put your body through put your relationship through and I just I don't feel like we're there yet if I'm really really honest um so yeah it was a, a bit of a shock um but for now I am just or we are just waiting until we can do sort of the final bits and pieces from our um NHS investigation round two um, I still need to have some blood work done and my husband needs to do his um, deposit all over again, which is lovely. Um, but luckily this time where we're going is only down the road from us to hospital. So it's not going to be too much of a, a difficulty for whenever it is that he needs to um, to do it, basically. So that's where we're at at the moment. And then I think um, we've got quite a good team for um this set of in investigation um blood works and the team that we have are great they seem to be really on the ball and are working together to see how best they can help us so we have been told that for the next pregnancy let them know as soon as possible or straight away because they will put me on progesterone um, that is not because I have any issues with my progesterone levels but I think it's more because um, just to help try and keep and um, raise and hold a pregnancy um, and also for my own peace of mind I don't know for me I've tried all of the natural side of things so the the natural supplements you know the dietary things that you can do which is to try and get a good thick warm lining of drinking and eating lots of red fruits and vegetables which I do at certain times and obviously throughout my cycles but during certain times of my cycles um so I'm on a bit of a mission now shall we say I'm on a mission to get healthier because lockdown has messed about a little bit with me just I guess being a bit of a blob 
um, I have not really taken that greater care of myself during this time. So now that gyms and things are starting to get um, to, to reopen, I'm going on a bit of a mission to get myself sort of fit and healthy and just see where it takes us. So watch this space. So that is the end of this week's episode. I do hope you've enjoyed it and I hope it has been somewhat helpful. Um, I know it is obviously all about myself and I'm sorry, I'm super boring, I know. But the whole point of Maybe Mummy podcast is so that everyone and anyone can come on, can talk about their stories of how they conceived or their treatments that they're having, their investigations. It's to literally talk about everything and anything to do with having a family, trying to have a family, all the different avenues. So mine, obviously, at this stage, I don't have a baby just yet. We don't have a baby just yet. We have not been successful in having a healthy pregnancy but we're on the road and on that journey to finding out if there's something that we need to be aware of so um, it's all really really positive for me at the moment um, I'm like I was saying I'm getting back into the gym so I'm really sort of smashing that and enjoying that actually and um, not so much in the hot weather though that's the only thing and it is obviously very very different to um, prior COVID and um, coronavirus but that is the story so far so I hope you really enjoyed it next week I have actually pre-recorded um, my best friend who I mentioned during this week's podcast and so um, it's talking all about her journey so she has two children and we'll get onto into a lot more information later um, next week it may be a shorter episode than normal but we were generally just sort of having a bit more of a chit chat and she's much better at being much more concise than I am but for now I hope you all have a fantastic week enjoy this glorious weather stay safe and I will speak with you again soon love you lots <laughs>